0: You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Fantastic. Thank you. We will stop there. Feel free to continue these conversations afterwards, but we are on a tight schedule. Uh, kids, very quick. What's that? Oh, I was just going to ask. Kids. Kids, the episode of Takeaway on Bluey, what food did the restaurant forget to make? Eli, do you know? (laughs) Spring rolls, well done, and they had to wait for the spring rolls. Adults, I'm sure most of you knew that as well. Um, So hopefully, hopefully this has set your mind on the right path. We're trying to learn about fasting today. We all have different experiences about fasting and different preconceived ideas about fasting. And so hopefully now we, we've, we've let out what we know, we've kind of thought about what we want to know and hopefully God will speak through us today and we will get to learn more and how this applies to our life. Um, my first experience with fasting for me personally was as a teenager. My senior pastor at the church I grew up in was going through a fast of 40 days and he was doing a no food fast. Now he was the youth pastor at this time And within one of the Friday nights of that 40 days, he had mistakenly planned to take youth group to all-you-can-eat Pizza Hut. So you can imagine how difficult this would have been for a guy who likes his food going to Pizza Hut and just sitting there with refillable water. Um, But I was amazed as I served my fourth serving of ice cream, that he was just sitting there and he was still smiling. He wasn't telling us that he was fasting and that's why he's doing it. He wasn't looking gloomy. He just sat and had a good night. I was in quite incredibly, actually, I was amazed. So it prompted me to think about fasting in my life and I stumbled across this passage that Joel just read to us. And do you know what stood out to me? don't let anybody know you're fasting. If I fast, God will be happy if nobody knows about it. That's all I took. And so as a young teenager, I set about my first ever day-long fast with the goal not to tell anyone. Breakfast was pretty easy because at that time, we seemed to wake up as close to the bell as possible, which was pretty much about 10 minutes before the first bell, so there was no time for breakfast anyway. Uh, Morning tea and lunch was no problem because all my friends would have thought I was quite crazy for fasting, so the lunch went straight in the bin, no one questioned it, no one noticed. Um, But by afternoon, I was getting hungry. And I got home and on the afternoon, as always, was quite a good afternoon tea spread. And three or four mouthfuls in, I remembered, that's right, I'm fasting. Whoops. My first fast was a fail. But it wasn't a fail because I didn't last a full day. It was a fail because I completely missed the point. I thought the point was to do it and not let anyone else know. So let's look at this passage again. It says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces and show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So let's have a look at fasting in the Bible. In the Scriptures, we see fasting in two reoccurring events. The first is an ancient Hebrew custom. Uh, And it was instituted in the Torah that required people to fast. Um, It was called Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. So this custom required people to fast in order to prepare themselves for a time of confession. So the first time we see fasting in the Bible, one example was through um, the customised institute. So we had to do it. Uh, The second was a voluntary response to a significant event. We see examples of people in the Bible fasting to things such as a plague or sickness or death. They would fast in a response to something that's happened. Now, I'm just going to take a quick pause right now. Kids, you will notice, and I probably should have said this at the start, we have a different character on every slide. Your challenge for today is to try and remember all those characters and i will well you haven't seen them all yet Uh, and i will come and check with you afterwards so feel free to write them down if you have some paper there Um, so we see it as something we have to do and something that we can voluntarily choose to do it was a definitive practice often that was instituted by the religious leaders of the time Um, probably with good intentions they realized that fasting was something we should do so let's make it a law. You have to do it twice a week. That way we know we're ticking the box. We have fasted. Obviously, not the best thing to do. And as we often see with the religious leaders, it then becomes all about the show, making sure everyone knows that we are fasting, which is exactly what Jesus is telling us not to do. Um, Unfortunately, the New Testament doesn't offer us a handbook on how to fast. We do know, however, that fasting became a regular staple thing for the Jewish people and for the people in the early church. So in verse 16, it says, when you fast. Straight away, Jesus is telling us that he expects that we are fasting. He expects that we will fast. Otherwise, he would have said, if you fast. Earlier on in this sermon, Sermon on the Mount, he says, when you give when you pray. Now, we never question whether we should give or pray. Yet, for some reason, fasting, even though he uses the same language, is often held in that higher regard as a spiritual discipline. Maybe we've never tried it before. Maybe we haven't tried it for a decade or so. So Jesus is starting off straight away by saying, when you fast. Second, uh, sorry, 17, it says, when you fast, put oil on your head, And wash your face what he's saying here is look normal do exactly as you would normally do put makeup on if you normally put makeup on dress in normal clothes the idea is not to gain attention on yourself but just go about your way as normal it is not a sin for people to know you're fasting That was my problem when I was a teenager. I thought the fast was all about not letting people know. It is not a sin for people to know you're fasting. The sin is trying to get recognition from people around us, trying to get praise from people around us. And if that is our goal, then enjoy it when it comes, because that's the only reward we're going to get. There are many examples in the Bible of people fasting together. People fasting as a group in response to an event. So it is perfectly normal for your close friends to know your fasting and to do that with you or pray with you through that. Don't be put off by what Jesus is saying here and think that nobody else can know. Jesus is warning against the behaviours of the religious leaders who made it a point to, ev- to let everybody know about their fasting. Our ultimate goal in fasting is to grow closer to God. We try to look normal and obvious, and not obvious because we want to honour God and we want to say to him that I need you and that I want you. The reward he's talking about in verse 18 is not a guaranteed answer to prayer, but rather the opportunity for us to align ourselves closer to God. Let me say that again. He talks about a reward. In secret, the Father will reward you. That is not a reward saying that you will guarantee the prayer. Whatever you're fasting for, I am not guaranteeing that that will work. But we will have the opportunity to align ourselves closer to God. So what does it mean to fast? There's a couple of misconceptions about fasting. The first one, fasting is not abstinence, which is another spiritual discipline that we see in the Bible. Fasting is not going without Instagram or Twitter or TV. That is another spiritual discipline that we should practise in order to realign ourselves and focus on God, but it is not fasting. Another misconception is fasting is not manipulation. Fasting is not manipulation in which we are pressuring God to do what we want. We're not fasting to pressure God into giving us the response that we want. Ordinarily, fasting can be understood in two different ways. The first is the instrumental view. The second is the responsive view. The instrumental view is a very common Uh, view that the modern Christian church has. And it says that we fast to gain some kind of benefit. The benefit might be spiritual growth. It might be suppression of sins. It might be a better chance of answered prayer. This is a very common misconception, or or, sorry, a very commonly held view of what fasting is. Uh, But Scott McKnight, in his book, The Ancient Practices, has something to say. He says, Instrumental fasting is all but impossible to find in the pages of the Bible, and it is rarely reflected in ancient Judaism. Instead of an instrumental approach, the genius of the Bible is in its focus on the whole body response of the human being to a sacred, grievous moment. Such moments include death, threat of war, sin, our neediness, or our fear of God's judgment. These kind of events expose God as judge, and God is the one before whom we live. So the instrumental view is for us to enact our desires onto God. What do we want to see God do? What can God do for me? What do I want God to do for me in this situation? Through the instrumental view, we fast because we want God to respond. The second view starts with what we could call a sacred moment. It could be something like death or fear. It could be something like brokenness or health. And it is out of that space that we actually respond to God. The outcome isn't determined by you or what you have invested. The outcome is how God moves after we enter and engage him. This second posture says we fast as a response, not for a response. We are trying to align ourselves with what God is doing, not trying to align God with what we want him to do. So what is fasting? Let's look at a very simple definition. Fasting can be defined as a choice of not eating for a specific period of time as a response to something specific. Fasting is the physical act of giving up one good gift from God, food, for the better gift of growing closer to God. We choose to fast as a response in order to understand God's heart. So there's a few examples from the Bible that we can use as examples of when people might fast. The first one would be for repentance. Um, this is one of the most common forms of fasting we see in the Bible. Um, in fact, the Hebrew word for the fast here in the Bible can be tra- translated as the word repent. So this means to turn around or to change direction. So through an act of fasting, there's this beautiful picture that we are physically turning our body around from a sin, something that is holding to our life. So fasting as an act of repentance. Another reason people fast is because they might feel as though God seems distant maybe there are too many distractions in our life that our normal prayers and time with the word aren't quite connecting like we used to or we just feel as though something's different and maybe fasting as a sacrificial way of saying god i want you is a way to connect with him better another way is to understand suffering in fact the three of the first four examples of fasting in the bible were to help people understand suffering Suffering is all around us, from poverty to the fires we've had. We don't understand it. But through a a process of fasting, we can try to understand God's heart through suffering. We can try and grieve with God while our people around us are suffering, or maybe as you are suffering. And the final one we see is to seek God's guidance. Now, just like prayer, this is not done to um, change god we're not fasting to change god's guidance or to say this is the direction i'm going god jump on board but we are trying to understand god's guidance in our life we're trying to understand the path that he has for us uh, it's through sacrificing the gift of food in our time that we can become more receptive to God's guidance and we see examples of this in the Bible uh, like for example when Paul and Barnabas were fasting as they tried to choose elders for the church as they set up they were looking for God's guidance I have two quotes here from scholars that might help to um, communicate what I can't the first one says fasting is an act in which we want to set aside a good gift from God in the gift of food in his provision of that food, in the taste of that food, the joy that comes from that food, and in doing so, say, there is a greater pleasure to be known. There is a greater joy to be had. There is a greater provision available to me as a son or daughter of God. In the acknowledgement, it is an acknowledgement of the betterness of God over all earthly pleasures. We are acknowledging that even though the gift of food is great, God is better than that. The second one says, fasting is is the physical exclamation point at the end of a sentence. I need you. I want you. The heart of fasting is a longing for Jesus and the implications of his power. We want to see people heal. We want to see marriages saved. We want to see Jesus come. And so we add this exclamation point at the end of our desires. Now, fasting has a physical toll on the body. Obviously, we are going without food and we need food. There is a physical toll. And I want to start off by saying there is no scriptural warrant for harming your body. And so for some people, um, particularly kids, obviously, um, adolescents, maybe especially or adults who might have uh, body image issues, uh, the elderly, uh, mums who are pregnant or nursing, there are obviously occasions, um, obviously ill health as well, there's occasions where you need to think carefully about whether it is the right time to fast from food. And it may need to be done under the direction of a doctor. Fasting is never and should never be about losing weight. I know that's silly to say, but in this modern day, we know that intermittent fasting or fasting from food has health benefits. 20 years ago, fasting was the worst thing you could do for your body. We were told that if you don't eat, you don't get any benefits, uh, your body's going to struggle, don't do it. Currently, the health industry tells us it's one of the best things you can do for your body. Intermittent fasting, 16 and 8, whatever they say... It is an amazing thing for your body. There's a lot that happens in your body when you fast. And so I think one of the dangers we have in this day is the struggle we're going to have when we think, well, I want to fast, but then all these little things come in and say, oh, yeah, it's going to be great because I'm fasting for God, but I might lose a few kilos as well. Um, I, my, my cells are re, uh, regenerating in this time. It's going to be good. We, we can't let those kind of things creep into our head. We have to remember that our primary goal with fasting is to align ourselves with God. If when entering into a fast, you're not 100% trying to grow with God, then we need to refocus. In saying that, there is something happening in our bodies. I don't think it's a mistake that when we fast... Things happen within our bodies. Let's have a look at some of the things that happen when you go without food. Inside our body, as you partake with no food, it removes toxin proteins from our cells that are attributed to neurogenerative diseases. It boosts your immune system. Old and damaged cells are removed and replaced with new cells. On a larger scale, it promotes the regeneration of healthy healthy cells. So by going without food, your body is regenerating itself. There is a health component. And I don't think it's a mistake that we have a link between the spiritual and the physical connection of fasting. After all, God designed us that way. So as our body is, or as we spiritually are getting rid of the sin in our life, or the toxins that come from our everyday life, our body is going through the same process. It is regenerating. It is getting rid of that old toxins and the old cells and regenerating with new cells. And through that, we're able to think clearer. We're able to move easier. We're able to rest better. Our goal through fasting is not to reap these benefits. That is not our goal. But again, I don't think it's a mistake that that is happening while we are fasting. God designed it to happen. So what does fasting look like in my life? So firstly, we know that Jesus expects us to fast. Even he, God in the flesh, fasted. We need to take that as an example that we should be fasting. He saw the benefit of fasting in order to connect with God and eliminate the the distractions of this world. Fasting is something that we don't talk about very much in churches. Maybe it's because people aren't doing it. Maybe it's because, like me, you thought the goal of fasting was not to talk about it. And so it's something that could be happening, but no one talks about it. Maybe it's because it is physically hard on your body. It's not fun going without food. Maybe it's because we have the misconception that fasting is only for major life events. I'm going to save it for when I'm buying a house. I'm going to save it for when I'm choosing my partner or whether we should have children. But from this, we know that that is a good time to fast, but it is not the only time to fast. It is clear that this is a spiritual practice that we all need to engage in and are expected to engage in. So the first step is to start small. Don't start with a 40-day fast (laughs) unless the spirit is really moving. Uh, but I strongly encourage you to talk to people first. Uh, it might start by missing one meal and replacing that meal with time praying to God, reading his word and seeking him. Remember that fasting is not just about skipping meals and being hungry, but it is fa- uh, fasting is for sacrificing to seek God. So it might start with missing a meal. It might start with missing a day, several days, 40 days. I know one lady who's fasted for every Wednesday for over 10 years, not as a legalistic thing that she thinks she has to do, but as a way of every week bringing her sins before God, confessing and saying, I want to get closer to you. The Bible gives us examples of fasts from part of a day up to 40 days. But you need to remember it is not a legalistic thing that you have to do every thursday or tuesday or whatever it is it is between you and god and as the spirit moves so whatever this looks like for you think about how fasting can help you grow closer to god do you need to fast as a repentance for an ongoing sin in your life do you need to fast because you're so distracted by things in this world that you don't have time for god anymore or that you're not hearing God clearly in your life? Do you need to fast as an ongoing response of suffering for people you know or for Australia so that you can understand God's heart closer? So from here, what can you do? Plan a fast. Think about when fasting would work for you. Continue to talk to each other. Open up stories about when you have fasted in the past. Personally, I have fasted multiple times. Sometimes it has been a one-day fast and I've had an amazing connection with God. Other times I've been a seven-day fast and I haven't really had anything out of it. We need to be sharing these stories with each other, not to gain praise... acknowledgement but to encourage and to spur each other on so talk to your small tables talk to your groups your close friends ask their experiences about fasting even God fasted here on earth Jesus fasted as part of his practice no matter what stage of life you're in think about what fasting will look like for you Don't wait for the next important event in your life to consider it. Maybe it'll be this week. Maybe you'll be missing one meal this week so you can focus on God and grow closer to Him. Remember, fasting is not just about missing food and sitting in the corner hungry. It is about connection with God. It is about praying and meditating on the Word so that you, acting as a response to what God is doing, let's pray heavenly father we saw so many examples of fasting in the bible the greatest example lord is that you jesus fasted here on earth and we know this is something that you both expect and want us to do we know it's hard but we know that there is a reward in there and that reward is growing closer to you and understanding your heart better I pray, Lord, as we go from here, help us to connect well with our friends and family and help us to talk about these issues that are going on. Help us not to have a hard attitude that seeks praise, but something a hard attitude, Lord, that just wants to grow closer to you, to let you know that we want you, that we need you. Help us as we move here not to just let this flow out into our ears and and forget about it, Um, write it down as just knowing a little bit more but help us to make this a physical practice that we are um, engaging in regularly something that you can use to grow us closer to you thank you so much for this time lord and that you were able to speak to us in jesus name amen amen amen